There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Uh, hello again, friends. Welcome to the Mattress Direct Hot Stove Show. I am Tim McKernan. Look, everybody, it's Dan McLaughlin, and we're wearing the same thing. That's on me because, Dan, you essentially have a uniform. Pretty much. And yeah. I have a limited amount yeah. of gentleman's apparel is what I would call it because <laughs> I haven't been in front of a camera on a regular basis in like 13 years. Uh, and so I, I only have so much. Uh, and this is what I've got today. And so we're, we look like Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Or Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm impressed about you with is what that is um, when we decided to do this venture, I did ask you, I said, you know, are you going to wear the hat and uh, the sweatpants? You, you asked me to be professional. I said, you know, we, we probably need to kind of be somewhat professional <laughs> in this, you know. And you're like, all right, does that mean I have to wear a hat I, uh, or not wear a hat? I said, Probably, yeah, you know, and yeah. I said, that means I can't wear my sweatpants, too. So here we are, you <laughs> know, a couple of Southside guys. And looking, attempting anyway, to look yeah. as classy as we possibly can. And I came back, and Pete's got those new TMA hats that he that he proudly wears. Nice but, plug. Uh, I got to weave it in. Yeah. You can catch more of this at Scoops with Danny Mac. Yeah. Uh, and so I was wearing that, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep the streak alive. And so I, I went upstairs, and I changed, and, and look at me now. Mom, look at me now. I'm all grown up. If you want to wear I'm the TMA up. hat, I'm okay with it. You're fine with it? Just for just today. Just with Matt, just for today. Maybe just I'll for have Jameson go and run up and get it. We're in the Design Air Heating and Cooling Studios. And this is uh, exciting. Here is our winter meetings coverage is presented by Budweiser. We're so grateful to them for their support to allow us to do this show every day during the winter meetings. Ben Fredrickson is going to join us right, uh, well, not right now, but in a matter of moments, yeah. Scott Boris is addressing the media. So it's like we're following this here live from Las Vegas. It's like we're going to go satellite uh, satellite up. I was uh, looking on social media at the uh, amount of media gathered around Scott <laughs> Boris. It's like everybody's been waiting to hear from Scott Boris. Um, and he's got the big fish. You know, no nope. surprise. He's got Bryce Harper. So everybody's asking about, uh, you know, how those meetings have gone. And, and certainly, you know, when you think about and we've talked about it a lot when you when you think about the big fish that you that you have and he's got the big one a lot of times those discussions are points of emphasis with ownership specific mm-hmm. um so it's Boris meeting with that owner and and seeing exactly uh what the owner's thinking what Scott Boris is thinking what the client is thinking yeah. and so uh it, it's interesting I, I guess he just came out and said moments ago you know, we could have a couple of meetings and, and make that deal right now, or we could be weeks away. And as we've talked about, Tim, you know, a lot of times winter meetings set the stage or even the GM meetings set yeah. the groundwork for uh, a deal to, to, to happen, which is what was the, the situation with Paul Goldschmidt coming to St. Louis. Or in this case, it might be Bryce Harper. But uh, when that chip falls and when Machado falls, it seems like many will fall. But again, it's been back-to-back years. We haven't seen a lot of movement. And I thought – 
you know, here I am standing corrected again. I thought that we'd be having this conversation today and a lefty would be in the fold for the Cardinals. That has not been the case. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if something happened tonight or tomorrow before they exit and, and come back uh, east and come to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, there's a lot of things going on right now. I, I've heard more about Will Smith and maybe the, the trade uh, to try to get uh, the lefty to come to St. Louis. Right. Um, there's the free agency aspect of trying to to maybe go out and get Miller or Britton. And I've heard more about Britton than I have Miller. Really? Interesting. I like Britton. Saul so uh, Rosenthal talking about uh, Britton and the Cardinals. Yeah, and and Kenny usually is is pretty tied in with what's going on with the Cardinals. When I think of the national guys that cover the St. Louis Cardinals, it seems like Ken Rosenthal has an in wherever that may be. Um, take it with a grain of salt, but usually he's on that. Um, and I, I just look for depth. Um, I find this interesting. After our show yesterday, I did some digging, and oh, I, look at I did a little digging. What is this? And I, I started asking people that I really trust. I said, where are we at with Carlos Martinez? You know, wh- where are we at with this guy? Is he a starter? Because I started thinking about what we were talking about. You said, hey, who's the starting five? You know, remember we were talking sure, about yesterday. I, and I, A lot of choices. A lot of choices. And we both said, well, if we hold what we've heard with John Mosellock, you know, Carlos Martinez is in the rotation. And I had 50-50. Kind of some of the people were saying, well – don't you know? Don't think everything about Martinez being in the rotation. Some are are split on it, and these are people that are in the know, not necessarily Cardinal people, but these are people that are in the know. Right. They say, "Man, I really like him as a closer." And I said, "Well, darn it, that's what I've been yeah. saying." I said, I, "I like him as a closer," and I, I say that because, um, and again, this is not from Mo, this is not from Gershon, this is not from a front office uh, personnel of the Cardinals. I said, man, you just can't have enough arms to get to um, that 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 guy at the back end of the game. And I love Hicks where he's at. I think you'd be putting a lot of pressure on um, on Jordan Hicks to get to him in, in the ninth. And and we've talked about it. You know, it's a that's a tough position to be in as a young kid. And uh, I like multiple closers. So give me Britton. Give me. Yeah. Martinez, give me Hicks and mix and match. And uh, and if starters, if, if the trend continues to go this way in baseball, and I don't know how you feel about it, but if the trend is, hey, you know, we're not going to go as deep as, as we normally do in, let's say, 10, 15 years ago with starters, and um, you need that great middle relief to get there or a great seventh, eighth, ninth combination, boy, I'd, I'd love to see Carlos Martinez in there. And if Wainwright's in the rotation, you know, probably not all the time he's, is he going to go deep. And some of the other guys aren't going to go deep. I like that combination. So I'm back on the bandwagon. That's me saying it. I want to see Carlos Martinez in the back end of games. I love him as a starter, but I certainly like him in the back end of games. I uh, I like that perspective, especially when there isn't a clear one at this particular moment. And it certainly seems like, first off, if there's a story at this moment from the winter meetings, I would say it's the lack of activity. Yeah, again. Then, again. And then secondarily, I would say how it strikes at this moment that Harper and Machado, they're not on the back burner. They're certainly the story. But the priority at this moment for front offices are the guys who in the past were kind of like the fillers, which are the guys who they're looking for for the 6th, 7th, 8th inning. And that's what – so guys like Andrew Miller and Zach Britton are kind of looking at this going with eyes wide open going, oh, my God, we might kill it this year. Yeah. Because so many teams are interested in them. Um. 200 free agents at one point I counted up like good guys like big names Um, not some not huge but certainly serviceable players Um, but again it just seems like once some of those big chips fall Britton Miller certainly Harper Machado 
some of the others. We saw McCutcheon. Um, then it becomes rapid. Uh, and again, you get into spring training like uh, the Cardinals have done with a Kyle Loesch and some of the others that they've signed for depth. Uh, then, you know, depth fill-ins, we see that all the time. It happens. But I will say this. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this about Manny Machado. We we're talking off the air. I, you want to? You want to? I mean, we're allowed to have crazy thoughts. Oh yeah, on this show. I love this. I okay. love that you're going right. to do this. So I got my crazy Carlos thought. I'm back on the the bullpen thing with that. Um, and again, that's just coming from people I trust and mm-hmm. enjoy talking baseball with. And and I'm back on that bandwagon. And so what? I'm a lo- yeah. I'm allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, you've made it clear you're a baseball nerd, and I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah. I, I take that with yeah, absolutely. Love. I'm I'm right there as well. I didn't know you were a minor league baseball nerd. Total. That's the one, that's the one that I was. Can I can I give a little uh, plug to? Oh, yeah, uh, I think uh, it's time to talk. Brian thank Walton. you, Brian Walton. <laughs> you knew I was going <laughs> well, right. I saw there. it up on the prompter. Okay, Brian <laughs> Walton. By the way, on scoops at DannyMac.com. If you're interested about the Rule Five and guys that the Cardinals may lose, is up on the website and that's today. Tomorrow, correct? That's the Rule Five is tomorrow. The preview with that is today. today. So, so there you go, go you can be right there, right? No. Boom. Scoops yeah. with Danny Mac. It's it's really good stuff. Um, if I'm <laughs> sponsored by no. Um, anyway, uh, I, I'll give you a crazy idea. I love that you're going to do this. I don't think this is going to happen, but I just started thinking. You know, what if a team went to Manny Machado's representation and said, "I'll throw you a one-year, forty-five, fifty million dollar deal, or I'll give you nine years." With the first year being an out clause, fifty million in the first year, knowing full well he'll probably opt out, and the nine years, by the way, might be a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But I'll, you could tell his representation. Hey, by the way, uh, your guy. You know, you may be finding out that a lot of teams aren't real interested right now, or the teams that are want to find out more about your guy after what happened in postseason play, and probably didn't do himself a lot of favors. Right. And that pool that you thought was going to be there, let's say in July, is shrunk considerably because of some of the things that happened. What do you say? You want to play ball? You want to have a little fun with this? You want to – we like your guy. We think – by the way, he's a hell of a player. We think he's a great fit. Um, Reestablish your guy. Uh, We'll pay him a a bundle of money. So then next year he can go back and go back in the free agency pool. He's 27 years old, prime of his career. And be a great citizen, great teammate, hits 35 bombs, uh, drives in 110, leads our team to the postseason, and we know we love him and all those great things and um, kind of remakes the image that maybe some uh, uh, are questioning. Um, you want to play ball? You want to have a little fun with that? I just I wonder what somebody would say. I really like that idea. By, I legitimately by the, like that idea. You know, it's a wacky thing. I'm saying. Of course, I'm aware of that. By the, I like do it. I think that would happen? You're getting love no. emojis in the uh, in the Facebook chat. But I, by the way, I'm not an agent, and if an agent heard me, they'd probably laugh me out of the right. room, right. along with most baseball people. I get it. But that's what this show is all about. We can have a little fun Absolutely. with it. Absolutely, we can play speculative games. I like that. I wonder if that. I wonder if that'll happen because that might benefit him not be in the same offseason as Harper. That's one of the and points. Considering three months ago he was a focal point for negative reasons. My well, Tim, there was at one point people were saying, "Who's going to get more?" Oh yeah, Machado or Harper? And then it became obvious it's going to be Harper. At least so it's thought. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. We'll see what ends up. I mean, happening. Manny Machado is an awesome player. I mean, take everything. Off the field, well, right. some of it happened on the field right. when he's stepping on, you know, people's ankles and Achilles' heels and whatnot. 
or not running out what should have been a double in the World Series. Okay, take that out of the equation. Or not running out ground balls that might be beat out for singles. Okay, whatever. Or not running out potential pop-ups that could drop into a single. Okay, I get it. But he's still a really good player. He's a great player. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of a crazy idea that you throw out there and say, look, here's $50 million. We think you're awesome. You fit into this, and, and here's your $9 million, but you can opt out of the, the first year. You interested? I wonder what he would do. I would be really curious because it just it depends on what that market is. Uh, Scott Boris is, as we just made reference to addressing the media, his client is Bryce Harper. Dan Lozano's, correct? I believe so, with Machado. Albert Pujols' agent is right. Machado's. Oh, yeah, Dan is, is definitely Albert's. Mich- yes. yes. Uh, and uh, so that's what's going on right now, and we are going live to Las Vegas. Uh, to be joined by Ben Fredrickson here in a matter of moments. But first, I want to make sure that we uh, let everybody know that without our sponsors, we wouldn't be doing this show. And Mattress Direct is our presenting sponsor of the Hot Stove Show all off-season long. We're going to be doing this from spring training. We're going to be doing this, of course, here during the winter meetings. It's all off-season long. And it's because Mattress Direct is a really locally-focused company and so when Dan and I met with Pat McKern at Mattress Direct uh, he was really excited about what we were talking about doing because he said this makes sense for what we do we are a local company I see what you guys are doing and I think it's going to be something that people are going to get into and Dan and I have been thrilled with the response of it and as far as what Pat's doing boy has he grown a local business local sleep specialist working at a local 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 factory direct showroom making local products better for the economy and for the environment if you don't have to truck them across the country they're fresher for farm to table uh and it's brand name mattresses direct from the factory america's best value guaranteed where can you find them stlmattressdirect.com that's stlmattressdirect.com shop local you'll sleep better and i am telling you uh, a mattress makes the difference if you have a mattress that is brutal you will not get a good night's sleep that's why i am getting a mattress from mattress direct um, for uh, the place that we stay at spring training because I need a good night's sleep. Mattress Direct online at stlmattressdirect.com. Pat McKern and his staff, our presenting sponsor here on the Hot Stove Show as our winter meetings coverage is presented by Budweiser. All right, let's go to uh, Las Vegas, fresh off the uh, the craps tables. Is that what he's doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, this guy's a high roller. He actually was in the high rollers section of the no. casino. Oh, yeah. And that is uh, Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, KTRS Radio, scoops with DannyMac.com. And does Fridays. A, yeah, does a great job on all those forums. And, uh, Ben, I want to throw a crazy scenario at you. I just said, offer Manny Machado one year, $50 million on a nine-year contract with a one-year out and see who wants to bite. What do you think? Are you, are you, are you interested? Would you do it? how Maddie hurt himself. Um, look, we, we talk a lot about, you know, what really matters off the field and production is production. But when you're, when you're a team that's looking to make your player, um, your big free agent addition, the face of your team, then you do care about some of that stuff. And there's a reason he's been pretty quiet. There's a reason he's been visiting other teams, coming to them to see them. He's trying to kind of get rid of that image that he cultivated in the postseason. So he might consider it if the, if the, if the market doesn't give him something better. 
Um, and I think ultimately there will be a team who realizes that you know, Machado is a is a fantastic player that you know he's a he doesn't have very many peers in terms of what he's going to be able to do and is willing to go long and big with him. Um, you know the Cardinals are interesting with Machado because they have been if if they have interest in Machado they've hidden it as well as they've hidden anything. Um, but I've, I've heard differing you know reports that there is at least some thought in the Cardinals that Machado could be a better long term bet than Harper in terms of production over you know consistency over years. But there is. I know for I know for a fact at least one influential member of the Cardinals front office who was pretty turned off by uh, what they saw in Machado in the postseason. So if you're going to go that route, I don't know that long term would be the way to go. Um, but I also uh, I also think that you know he might be looking at some point for short term big money or a chance to kind of rebrand himself. Um, the problem with the opt out is it really only hurts you. If you if a guy if a guy takes advantage of it, it means he's performed so well you don't want to lose him, and then you have to try to repay him. Um, but if he gets hurt or has a terrible season, then then he doesn't take it. So I think more and more the opt outs are becoming something that really only hurts teams. It, it doesn't help teams very much anymore. It's hard to find good players who uh, who have actually you know taken advantage of those um, because a lot of times they don't live up to the to the contract offer. Uh, ben, uh, regarding the other prize free agent of this off season. Uh, seeing what Scott Boris is saying regarding the Yankees and Bryce Harper, when the nurse comes into your room with a thermometer, the issue isn't the temperature of the patient that day. It's their health when they're ready to leave the hospital and they're not ready to leave the hospital. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I don't. I honestly have no idea what the man's saying, I, I, but I, I guess he's saying the Yankees are legitimately interested, but they're acting like they're not interested right now. I think that's what he's saying. Well, there's, this is a big, not to use a Vegas pun, but this is a big poker game. How many teams have come out now and said they don't see a fit for Harper? They can't make that kind of a commitment. They can't afford it. This is this is Boris saying his players the best in the world and teams saying, look, we're not maybe willing to go as long, as expensive as you think. This is just semantics. I wish you guys, I'll have to send you guys a photo. I'm, I'm sitting here watching Scott Boris stand in front of a mega tall Christmas tree in front of like, I mean, I'm not kidding, like 100, 200 reporters and he's just wheeling off these lines about you know blue blue sickness that the Dodgers have, and you know like, you know feeling back his his bashing of tanking teams. I mean, it, it, it's typical Scott Boris. So a lot of this is a lot of this is poker, as as you guys know. And uh, I think I've you know I've been in the belief all along that 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 Boris might be trying to get um, Harper to the Yankees. I think he would love to have that happen. Um, now there's a big question: is if if they can handle you know, a, a Stanton in addition to a Machado, a Stanton in addition to a, a Boris. And there's also a, a game competition going on between Boris and competing agencies. Um, they want to have the biggest contract. You know, that's how they get clients. So there's, there's, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of motives in play here when you hear these comments coming out. Uh, where, where are the Cardinals right now with a lefty, whether it be Britton, Miller, uh, you know, some of the guys that they've talked about trading for, what are you hearing about in the last 24 hours? Well, I think the I think they're kind of waiting for somebody to make a move. I think that's kind of how every team that's in for you know proven relief is right now. No team wants to be the one to set the market, and no agent wants to be the one to send this guy what could be a lower contract. So there are enough out there that I feel like they feel like you know whoever kind of sets the market they can move quickly after that. I think Britain's a better fit. Um, it's kind of interesting. Britain had better overall numbers last year, but he had worse like peripherals. Uh, and then the opposite was true with like a, a Miller. Um, Britain's also younger, 
and and I think you know he's you've seen him you've seen him kind of go back and forth on if he wants to be just a closer or or is open to other roles. The Cardinals to me don't sound like they are willing to go to guys and say you can come be our closer. Um, if, if guys are saying that in their negotiations, I think the Cardinals might look for other ways. Um, I do think there's a good chance they end up with one of those guys when all is said and done. They're not thrilled about paying the, the contract, uh, the, the years more than anything. I, I think if Mo had his wishes, he would not offer a reliever over 30 more than two years. But he also said yesterday that if you're going to be in the market, you gotta you got to pay to play at some point. And Lord knows they need left-handed relief because they were a terrible bullpen last year and, and even worse than that when it came to their left side. Uh, ben, it's great to have you with us from Las Vegas. Ben Fredrickson with us. Of course, you can read him at stltoday.com and at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Hear him on KTRS and hear him every Friday on Scoops with Danny Mack. I'm curious, on in being in there and seeing it, you have been one of the uh, most outspoken people, I think, in the St. Louis media uh, regarding your interest in seeing the Cardinals pursue Bryce Harper. I saw your chat yesterday, and you explained why. Listen, I, I still would love to see it, but I just don't know if this is really going to happen unless the market falls back to the Cardinals' comfort level. That's uh, certainly consistent with the, uh, the mindset Dan has had throughout the offseason on this thing. Where do you think the Cardinals are in the Harper thing? Um, I think they're kind of where I am right now watching Boris, like not in the scrum, but kind of off in a distance keeping an eye on it. Nice analogy. Um, um, because, you know, look, he's a transformational player. Everything I've said about him, and I've beaten that drum harder than anybody, is still true. Um, that that said, the Cardinals, the Cardinals were, you know, for the past few years have been pretty adamant about, we're going to tell you what we need, we're going to go out and try to get it. There haven't been too many tricks up their sleeve um and they said they needed a middle of the order hitter and they went out and got one um you know paul goldschmidt i don't need to sit here and tell you guys how good he is one of the best hitters in the national league so the cardinals i think now feel like they have what they need for next season they know they have flexibility beyond that and you know there's they're still you know watching bryce harper they're not going to give him 10 years you know 350 million dollars um those kind of contracts make the cardinals um, wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats um now if, they, if he's willing to go down to six then i think you know, I think Bill DeWitt might be interested in that, and that's who's going to make that that deal. But that Boris deals with owners, and he convinces owners that they need this guy, and here's why. Um, so, you know, I think I think DeWitt sees the the potential for Harper. I think he sees the you know the value that he could add, and he also sees the risk. I mean, if <laughs> if he's willing to go down, then I think he'd entertain it. Um, but you know, again, this is kind of like I tried to explain it to somebody the other day, like. Like, my dad, like, is an obsessive car shopper. Like, he goes and looks at car lots. He doesn't need a new car. He doesn't necessarily even want one. But there might be a time, like, it's happened in the past where he goes in and walks out with a car because he found a deal he liked. I think that's kind of where the Cardinals are. The, the problem here for people who want to see Harper on the Cardinals is that there are, there are some serious shoppers in this market. And while the bluffing is going on now, I do think there will be a team, maybe the Phillies, maybe the White Sox, that is desperate enough to go – into a range for Harper that the Cardinals aren't willing to entertain now that they have Paul Goldschmidt in hand. Apparently, uh, your father likes to walk the uh, Maserati lots. Um, <laughs> no, no, we're talking like used, used Dodge pickups. Man. Oh, okay. Like, nothing high roller. Gotcha. Um, you know, everybody in town, Ben, as you can imagine, is talking about Dexter Fowler. Uh, what has been your sense in talking with the Cardinals uh, about Dexter and, and moving forward in, in 2019 and him being the, the everyday right fielder and potentially where he might be in the lineup for the Cardinals next season. Yeah, I, mean, I understand why the Cardinals are saying it, and I understand why Cardinals fans aren't buying it. Um, I get it. Uh, Dexter was one of the worst players in Major League Baseball last season. It's nothing against him personally. Um, I see a guy who's on the wrong side of 30 with back-to-back 
in back-to-back feet injuries that have shortened his past two seasons that his speed is declining. He was a, a bad defender in center field. He was a bad defender in right field. And his speed, which used to be his greatest skill, is in question. So I understand why the Cardinals are saying, look, let's see if, if he can you know, be motivated enough to come in and get this role in and, and have a bounce back. Um, I think he could be better than he was last season. How much better? You know, the Cardinals are willing to find out. They got $50 million worth of reasons as to why they want to find that out. Um, what, what I wonder about is how long, is how long does this actually get to play out? I mean, it makes no yeah. sense for the Cardinals to do anything but praise and, and pump up Dexter Fowler right now. Um, if, what, what actually happens in actions if he, if he shows up at spring training and doesn't perform? Um, Mo did say that he's going to get the first shot. Um, he did not say that he's going to be hitting in the top three in the lineup. And uh, I think he's going to have to work to climb that lineup. I don't think Schultz necessarily going to want to put him at two. Um, he's going to leave Matt Carpenter at leadoff, and he's going to hit Paul Goldschmidt in the top three. I don't know that, that, that Dexter has an immediate spot in that discussion there. Um, and I don't know that he deserves one right now. He, I wondered if he might stop switch hitting, but he's going to keep doing that. And, and we'll see. Um, but, again, you have to run some of this through a translator, right? Dexter is aware of what's said. I think the Cardinals are very intense about creating an atmosphere of positivity around him, and they hope that that will help him. And, and there's no reason right now to say anything different. They know they're going to take some lumps, but they're more important about you know having a confident, um, appreciated Dexter Fowler kit spring training with uh, you know, full head of steam. So something could still change to, to alter that, but right now that's where they stand. So they're, they're jumping in with both feet, and I think they're aware that there are going to be some people who have to see it to believe it. The question for me is how long does Schilt give him before he, uh, before he looks at some other options? And also how long is Jose Martinez around to be a backup to me? If I had to win a game today, I put I put Jose Martinez in right field because I've got Paul Goldschmidt in front of him and Harrison Bader beside him, and he's one of your best hitters the past two years. So if they trade away Jose Martinez, then the depth behind Fowler looks a little scary in my opinion. I'm not quite sure Tyler O'Neill's ready. Struck out a lot last year. Jose Martinez is the kind of guy who's not a fit, and then you trade him away for a reliever, and all of a sudden you miss him when, when your offense has a hole. Finally, uh, Ben, quickly, and, and then we'll let you go. Um, did the media meet with Mike Schilt today? And if so, uh, what did you take away from it? Um, we did, yes. And, uh, you know, the annual question about the lineup. And, and you know, look, Schilt is he's a joy to talk to. Um, I don't think I'm telling you guys anything you didn't know. Um, he was really, really excited about Paul Goldschmidt and the, the comments that they're up at stltoday.com right now just about him what Paul Goldschmidt brings on, on multiple levels um, in terms of his offense. He's really excited about his defense and also just his, his approach. He thinks they're a smarter baseball team with Paul Goldschmidt in hand. He's very, he's, he's confident about Matt Carpenter's ability to, to handle third base. And he's really excited about the way this lineup is, is starting to look. Um, he's also, you know, had good things to say about um, the new, uh, the new infield option, the left-handed bat they traded for yesterday, Drew Robinson, uh, Schilt actually knew him from his minor league managing days and uh, thinks that he's going to be uh, going to be a tool that they can use throughout this season as well. I know they got panned a little bit, but to give you a sense of how comfortable Schilt is now, he made a joke about the Cardinals making big news by acquiring a 26-year-old who calls Las Vegas home and Robinson, knowing that you know there's also a 26-year-old who calls Las Vegas home who a lot of people are talking about. So he's feeling pretty good right now. Awesome stuff, Ben. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll continue to read you in the Post-Dispatch. You bet, guys. Talk soon. Thanks. Thank you, Ben. There he is, Ben Fredrickson, live from Las Vegas for our Budweiser Winter Meetings coverage here 
on the Hot Stove Show presented by Mattress Direct. We're going to go into the Triad Bank viewer line, both on Twitter, if you're watching on Periscope, and on Facebook Live. So fire up your questions, fire up your comments. Triad Bank, the sponsor of our viewer chat line here on the Hot Stove Show, which is presented by Mattress Direct Triad Bank, where Dan and I have set up our business, and we know the people there uh, here for a number of years. I've been doing business with them for about six years, and I can uh, wholeheartedly recommend them to our audience, Triad Bank, online at triadbanking.com. Uh, whether it be Jim Regna, who is the bank's uh, president right there in the lobby. In the or, lobby. I mean, he is in the lobby. In the lobby. Uh, it's also a relation-based, consultative approach to banking, and I really wouldn't take my business anywhere else but Triad Bank. Uh, it's it's Triad Bank online at triadbanking.com. They're not your typical banker, and they're not your typical bank. Um, and they're just normal, accessible people that are easy to talk to. It's been so helpful for a variety of projects, uh, and I really do advocate Triad Bank. They're located just a little northwest of Clayton and Lindbergh. Uh, it's Triad Bank online at triadbanking.com. So your questions are uh, welcome. Your thoughts are welcome. Anything stand out to you, Dan, from what Ben had to say from Las Vegas and the floor of Mandalay Bay? Yeah, I, I saw uh, – I want to get into this today, too. He he hit on something I thought was uh, very important, and that was the potential. And one of the things that we were hearing about was uh, the potential of a trade of Jose Martinez. Yeah. And I agree with him. Um, if you are going, let's just say Harper's not in the fold and Dexter follows your guy in right field and you trade Jose Martinez, he's right. You know, that does lessen your depth potentially in right field. Uh, and th there was tweets that were coming out that uh, saying that the, the Dodgers were a team that was interested in, in Martinez and they were saying, well, he potentially could play first base. I would say if I was the Dodgers, I would proceed with caution with that deal for him to play first base. Um, Jose Martinez can flat out hit, man. And there's value there. Uh, a, a value for a DH in an American League club. And I, I, you know, to me, he handles himself fine in right field. Right. I, I, you know, that that's, and there it is. Uh, Ken Rosenthal yeah. saying this one's a surprise. Dodgers talking to the Cardinals about Martinez. Sources tell the Athletic uh, Dodgers could play the defensively challenge Martinez at first with Max Muncy at second and Bellinger in center. Um, what would the Cardinals yeah. be interested in exchange for the Dodgers? Because I was when I saw that tweet last night, I was thinking, I wonder who the Cardinals would be interested from. I, I think there's some left-handed depth there that they right. probably would look at again. Um, but uh, again, I, I think going forward from the Cardinals' perspective, you you've got to feel comfortable with what's backing up and right. And we talked about. Um, well, there's two things. Number one, your depth in right field. And number two, how long is the leash that Mike Schilt will give Dexter Fowler? Yeah. Now, there's a resume there that has been a pretty good one, barring last year. You know, I mean, take away last year, Dexter Fowler's been a good major league player, Colorado, Houston, Chicago, first year in St. Louis. But last year, at times, it was ugly. So, Again, as Ben pointed out, I think he made a valid point. You've got a couple of hurt feet that uh, have been problematic the last two years. Where is he with his health, and how long is the leash with Dexter coming back next year? And those are valid questions. The, uh, the question that a lot of people are asking is the current Cardinal relationship with Dexter Fowler and why John Mazalak is outspoken as he is about Dexter Fowler getting the full <clears> chance. <throat> And my response to that is, what is what is the downside in doing that? You don't risk anything by doing it. But if you do say we're interested in making it a competition in right field, Dexter Fowler, who we've made note of, can be sensitive to some of these things. 
that can cause further problems, especially for a guy that you don't know uh, whether or not you would be able to move him. So I think that's why he's saying it, and I just don't take those words literally. But I know it's upsetting yeah. a lot of Cardinal fans that going, God, man, now you got Goldschmidt, you got Wong, you got DeYoung, you got Carpenter, Molina, Ozuna, and Bader. And now you're committing, though, to you're, you're claiming you're going all in in 2019, but you're going all in with Dexter Fowler. And I just, I, again, I'll say what I've said throughout the course of this uh, week. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm just yeah. not sure that that's what's going to wind up happening. I, I would say this. The most important guy that could get off to a quick start is Dexter Fowler. Paul Goldschmidt historically gets off to slow starts, including last year in the first two months in which he was hitting like a buck 90 or 200 and then finished sixth in the in the MVP. I remember when he came through St. Louis, I was like, wow, you could pitch to Paul Goldschmidt. I was like, you could encourage when he was coming up, you were like, pitch to him. You could see he was really off. Um, out of all the players on the roster, the most important guy to get off to a quick start is Dexter Fowler. And I think it, for a myriad of reasons, number one, take the heat off of Dexter, get him off to a good start with confidence, takes the heat off Mo, takes the heat off Schilt. And just keep running them out there every day. And I, I just think it's really important that that happens. And I, I go back to something we talked about the other day. I think Joe Madden handled him beautifully. Yeah. As you go, we go. Right. You know, we believe and in he you. He performed and he couldn't have been happier. Yeah. Right? And, you know, put confidence in him and, 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 you know, gave him that pat on the rear, the arm around the shoulders. And, you know, I, I think that's maybe the way that you, you have to – to treat that player and every player is different and that might be the way you have to treat him and I thought the way Mike Schilt handled him initially was the right way that maybe you have to do it was after Mike Matheny was let go it was like Schilt said hey you're my guy I'm putting you out there every day lefty righty doesn't matter but you're going to play and it may not have been easy for Mike Schilt knowing that he had a player that was compromised in terms of confidence but yet the only way to get him out is to play him every yeah, day. Yeah. And, you know, I think you start with the, a clean slate, fresh, and you say to him, you know, hey, man, we believe in you and we're going to play every day and, and get the best out of him. Uh, people asking what our thoughts are on Tony La Russa and, uh, <laughs> and Mad Dog on the MLB <laughs> network. Um, would we be able to, if I put this up to my laptop, would we, how would that sound to the good people? Would that be, a, this was on the MLB network. Okay, put my microphone down. All right, I could probably find it real quickly on Twitter. No, I, I've got it. I've got it. Oh, okay. Up. Um, I just didn't know how it would sound. All right, because this is what this is really what's getting people going right now. Outside of Scott Boris talking to people, the former Cardinal manager uh, was on with uh, Chris Russo on his show High Heat on the MLB Network, and I gather Dan reading between the lines uh, that uh, Russo's uh, much like his former partner Mike Francesa not on board with the Harold Baines selection. Okay. Tony LaRusso part. I didn't of the see it, so Yeah, I know. This is this is this is actually gonna be my maiden voyage on the whole thing as well. So I'm going to uh, call up my audio and uh, turn down our uh, audio so we don't have that playing. And here we go. Hopefully this works for everybody because this is this is some good stuff here.
because longevity, excellence over in the 80s and 90s, all almost every one of the offensive stats that people trust, he was in the top four or five for 20 years. I, he, he drove in 100 runs late in his career, and he drove in early. He's well, game-winning RBIs. He's up there with the best of them. He had a very distinguished career that you got to pick. I agree. He had a good career. But did he ever lead the league in any categories? Uh, he led the league in game-winning game RBIs. Again, I so there it is, Tony LaRusso. I love Chris Tony. Russo going back and forth. Love him. Uh, Skipper getting fired up. I wonder if that was bleeped out when it went live over MLB. Uh, but either way, uh, Skipper getting fired up about this. And this is something that you made reference to yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, yes. regarding the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> well, I, I get fired up that when a, when a player gets in, and we talked about it, is that instead of diminishing the player, I think we should celebrate the player. Um, I think you move on and you say, well, you know, you can look at his stats and say this, that, and the other. And, and you know, I, you, I think you can say he's not as great as some of the Hall of Famers, in your opinion, but you should be celebrating the career of the player. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's in. And so that's the way it goes. I don't like that. The, meet, the minute that he went in, I mean, within an hour, Tim, I was on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or reading various things that I, I like on baseball. And as you know and noted, I'm a nerd, so I go to different places. And there were people I respect that were ripping it. And mm. I didn't like that. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, <clears throat> you celebrate the person that gets in the Hall of Fame. It's a one-time only day and moment, and people were bashing it. And I don't think that that's right. I, now, people can sit there and say, well, Danny's not a Hall of Famer. That's your opinion. But this is that person's time in the sun Celebrate it. Let the person celebrate it. And I applaud Tony, by the way, for standing up for his guy. I mean, he went through the battles with Harold Baines. You know, that was his teammate. That was his guy. And Tony, as any player will tell you, and Lance Berkman was a great example, um, and I talked to Lance many times about this, and people know that um, had seen Lance come through St. Louis. He was like, man, I couldn't stand Tony oh, yeah. going against yeah. him. You know, when I was in Houston, I couldn't stand I hated him. And then I was with him as my manager, and I would do anything for him. I love the guy. I got to learn about him. He, was, he, he would stick up for me. He stuck up for my teammates. He stuck up for me. He stuck up for our team. Um, players appreciate that, man. They just want to have somebody have their back. And Tony La Russa will do that for his guys. You know, you put up the effort for him. He's going he's gonna to take the heat for you. And players appreciate that. I think, I think, and I'm reading between the lines, and I think some people have said it directly, otherwise it's been hinted at, that the issue with Baines getting in, I don't, I don't think many people are saying he wasn't a great ball player. I think many are saying he doesn't seem to match up with many of the other right. players in the Hall of Fame. But that the committee that selected him in part were biased cronies, so to speak. Right. You know, and then that's what Chicago going White Sox flavor right. or Oakland flavor. Yeah. So that's the thing, <clears throat> which is still obviously. Uh, you know, a pointed criticism, but it's more actually a criticism, I think, of the process and the people on board than Harold Baines, although I doubt Harold Baines is taking it as, as such. I'm sure he's taking it as a, as a personal affront. It is a weird spot. Obviously, La Russa got fired up about it. Yeah. Uh, well, he'll do that for yeah, his guys. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I mean, we saw in his defense of Mark McGuire. I mean, he'll he'll go talk to anybody about Big Mac and just say, look, the guy's a Hall of Famer and this is why, mm -hmm. and defend him and go out on a limb for him when it wasn't popular to do that. Um, and I'm sure this is not popular among maybe some of the Hall of Famers. I don't know. I haven't heard many of them come out and say yes or no. I haven't read in detail about that. But among some writers, as we've read, 
and among some of the so-called experts of baseball that that do this for a living and and dissect the selections some of them aren't happy about it and he's going to defend his guy th- through and through mm-hmm. i to me i appreciate that if i if, you know if i had a teammate i believed in i would defend him yep. and you know i think that's what tony's doing he's going on a national forum which a guy is essentially saying he's you heard it saying oh, he's not a hall of famer well tony's there saying look i'm going to tell you why yeah. he's entitled to his opinion i appreciate that and then it got into russo said well you can't tell me he's a better player than steve garvey and the russo will let him in too well that that to me was the bigger point of that now you can you can go over you know whether harold baines is a hall of famer or not but I do think <clears throat> what it does is open up the door, which Absolutely. we talked about. Which is what I think some of these guys are unhappy about is now it's going to open up people who That's are right. good but not great. Right. As you pointed out the other day, where's Jim Edmonds? Yeah, the one ballot thing, the one-year ballot thing. And, was, and you know what we didn't world. talk about the other day with Edmonds? Um, in this day and age, when you look at the full body of work of a player, and especially when – now when you talk about war and you look at the defensive metrics of a player and now we can measure that better than yeah. we ever have. Yes, yes. Why aren't we taking a harder look at Jim Edmonds? I th- I, like I said, I actually th- – I wish I could bet it, you know? Yeah. Because it would be like a plus 50,000 bet, but I would bet it that he gets into the Hall of Fame. It, it's not In going our to lifetime. Be, yes, it's not going to be like <laughs> in the next five years, but it's going to – I really do think that's going to happen. I really do. With, there but were people two- go, and I'm sure they might say it about you. Oh, Tim, you did a show with him. You have a friendship with him. Dan, you yeah. broadcast with him. You have a friendship with him. I couldn't care any less. It's got nothing to do with it. I, I, I when I, Edmonds owned part of Inside STL with me, and I'm like, I can't believe the Cardinals gave him a two-year extension for that. And it's a weird spot. He's my business partner. Right. But I mean, I, you know, I'm not analyzing him as a business partner. I'm saying, you know, I'm surprised they gave him a two-year extension. What, you know, there was two things I looked at with his case. I thought, number one, defensively superior at his position. Actually, three things. The fact, too, that if you look at when he got into St. Louis – Ken Griffey Jr. was in the league, too. Remember, he got yeah. traded. Yeah, that year, right? To the That's rest. right. And if you compare the two, look who was better. I mean, Griffey got hurt, and yeah. Jimmy was a better player, just the way it was. Now, Ken Griffey Jr. was a remarkable player, but most of that work was done. In the 90s in Seattle. That's right. And uh, and the, the Cardinals got the better of the two. And Griffey, unfortunately, was injured. The other thing that I thought was interesting was that you had the advent of ESPN and SportsCenter. Jim Edmonds was Sports Center, and I <laughs> thought that would get him more notoriety for those that didn't see him that played on the because he played on the West Coast. Yeah. I thought more writers, and, and maybe I'm reaching for straw, grabbing for straws here, but I thought, man, maybe more people are going to see how great he is and how good he is because in Anaheim, he that was Jim Edmonds. I mean, he was making great plays and great catches and great moments and all those things, and then. He got exposed in St. Louis for doing that, too, because of postseason play and on championship teams. But he was doing it in Anaheim where basically you weren't being seen. Yeah. But with SportsCenter and the various sports shows and the advent of highlight reel catches, that was being seen by more people. And I just thought that would expose him to more eyeballs. But, man, one year on the ballot, I, I didn't understand it was, that. He was on the ballot the first year. Griffey was on the ballot, and it was a jam-packed <clears throat> ballot, and he just was the victim of the circumstance. It's really yeah. a shame. Didn't he want to come back to the Cardinals and play in 2011? Am I right on that? Wasn't uh, that going yeah, on? There, well, then, it, you know, it was Chicago, he, he was it was still, Milwaukee, it was St. Louis, and then— Chicago <clears throat> was 08. He was in. The, he was with the Reds during that famous brawl in right. 2010. And I think his last game, I think, was with the Brewers. I mean, he did an NL Central tour minus the Pirates. Yeah. But I thought he was talking about coming back with the Cardinals you know, in 2011, a, and the thing, and then the like the I remember him showing me the the scar on his leg, wherever whatever he had going on it was Achilles. It the, the Achilles. Yeah. Uh, 
and I think that was the plan, and that's a shame because then it would have been obviously first off he would have won another World Series, but right. secondly, uh, he would have uh, not been on the Hall of Fame ballot that same time. That was a rough year to go on the ballot. You know, it's amazing too is the impression he made with all those teams. I mean, albeit short, yeah. but with coaches, managers, players, and front offices that all connect with, with we go to those stadiums and you would be amazed oh really oh all of them say hey jimmy uh anytime you want to come work with our guys we got uh, yeah. a spot you baseball know. Yeah. savant yeah hey this is uh something you said uh just last week as a matter of fact as you were uh tipping your cap to me on the goldschmidt thing you said i would like to make a play and your play is the cardinals and miles michaelis uh signing an extension and Jared Cooper in the Triad Bank viewer line says, read today that Michaelis is interested in signing an extension with the Cardinals. Is it possible Mo does this quickly? I would hate to wait until he hits free agency, then have a possibility of losing him to the highest bidder. It was great to hear Miles saying he wants an extension with the Cardinals, though. Now, I, I don't know if you've heard this. I haven't heard it. Uh, it's not to say it didn't happen. I just yeah. I always like to cite source. Your thoughts, because you said you thought it might, if it does happen, it's going to happen in spring training. Yeah, I, I think he will not hit free agency. That would be my guess. Um, it, there's, I think, a one-two on both sides. Um, Miles, being from Jupiter, it, you'd be surprised, Tim, how important it is for a player, if it can be set up and the money is right, that if they can stay close to home for spring training, that really is like two months. And 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 from in Miles' case yeah. or any player, if they can then train at the spring training home in the off season, that's a big deal. Like guys like to do that, you know. So that means that because a lot of let's say pitchers and catchers report, and I think like February 11th or 12th, most of those guys will be there by the middle of January, yeah. latest early yeah. February. Yeah. So now you're there until the end of March. So that's two and a half months. You're away essentially from your family, a lot of guys. And then the six to seven months that you're gone regular season, potentially postseason. That's a lot. Yep. So if guys can get it to where the money lines up and they're comfortable and they get to stay at home, that's a bonus. Yeah. You saw the holiday family move down there. I mean, yeah. that's an, that's an example of that. How about this? This is, this is going to be the Banty rooster bat signal of the day, even though it is, Boris doing what Boris does. Like last year in March, all of a sudden our producer on TMA goes, hey, Scott Boris wants to come on the show. And I'm like, the baseball agent? Or is this like a guy who wants to do a wrestling recap? And he goes, no, the, the, the Scott Boris, the agent. I go, what in the world? And he wanted to wanted to manipulate the public in St. Louis to get people fired up about Greg Holland. That's what went on. So we had a Bo Boris on. So Derek Gould just tweeted this. Boris just said this here within the last few minutes when asked about whether the Cardinals are a fit or a big enough market for Bryce Harper. Scott Boris said they sit on the big bank of St. Louis when asked about the Cardinals and Bryce mm. Harper, which is his way of yeah. That's his way of getting the dig that gets the fans going in St. Louis to oh, yeah. bring that up. Oh, yeah. So there you go. I'm sure uh, Mr. DeWitt really appreciates yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's great. <laughs> when yeah. they get together, uh, that'll uh -huh. be there. Yeah. Uh, so that'll get people fired up on that. And then regarding the Yankees, uh, he said, well, they might have told you guys that they're out on Harper, but they haven't told me that. So that is uh, Boris you know, doing what I he mean, does. I mean, this is what he – he is Bob Sugar. This is what he does. Stirs the pot. Yep, yeah. Stirs the pot. Yep, and it gets people fired up. I mean, why would he ever say – uh, yeah, no, this franchise doesn't – they're not in on this thing. I, I talked to Ricky and Keel one time about Scott Boris. I said, what is it like being like his, you know, either number one client or top three or right, top five? Right, 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 yeah. You know, and Ricky and Keel's a number one prospect oh, yeah. in baseball. 
And he said, Dan, if you want to go out and meet with his nutritionist, you can do that. You want to live at his facility, you can do that. You want the top uh, workout guy, you can do that. You want to go run on the beach, you can do that. You want the uh, the top investor with your money, you can do that. You want him to be the number one guy to work, negotiate your contract, you can do it. He said, it's unbelievable. He said, it's one of the most remarkable sales pitches you will ever see in your life in terms of you know, you as being the guy that's he's pitching you to be the client and you walk away going, this is unbelievable. Wow. You know, he said he's got all the bases covered and will tell you what he can do for you. And it's not only what he can do for you in baseball, but your family life after baseball. What else are your interests? We have this, this, this and this. He said it's it's just unbelievable what the guy does and the resources of which he can draw on to make it. You know, to make it possible, yeah, to make, that to make it favorable. Yeah. He's got for some you. operating capital, I gather. I, I think he does. Wow, <clears throat> one well, time, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad you asked him about that. That's interesting. Yeah. So one time, uh, many years ago in Colorado, I'm playing hoops with Ricky and Keel um, and the Cat. Back when Rick was a center fielder for the Cardinals, and we're all playing hoops, I get on the 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 <laughs> the elevator, and I said, "Hey, Scott, how are you?" And he looked at me and he goes, "Hey, Dan, right?" And I said, "Yeah." I said. I need some representation. You up for it? He goes, I think this is your floor. I said, that's what I thought. <laughs> so you guys have talks ongoing. We, we did. We, we're, I'm still waiting for a, to see if he would like to represent me. I guess that was his answer. Uh, I like this when we have somebody positioning themselves as a source in the Triad Bank chat line. Uh, Joshua Brockman, here you go. If this happens, you can be the new, uh, the new source that everybody will turn to. He says, the Will Smith trade will be announced today. Also, the Cardinals are in the final three on Zach Britton, but not sure if their, quote, final bid will be accepted. I don't know Joshua Brockman. For all I know, he could be the, the new Ken Rosenthal, but this is in the Triad Bank oh, chat well, line. you got to take that for so, what it's worth. So there it is. If it happens, we can, we can attribute here on the Hot Stove Show that it will uh, happen first. Uh, here are some of the options uh, per the, uh, the board here, Andrew Miller, Zach Britton, Tony Watson, Will Smith. So you get to see these guys up close and personal and then talk with their organizations as you're traveling around uh, the various yeah. uh, places. If I'm not mistaken, you said you like Britton, but that's in part because he can close, correct? That's where S you Same with Miller. Yeah. Um, I like Britton. I like, uh, I, I mean, I like all four. I love Will Smith too. I mean, Will Smith to me is nasty now. The thing about Britain is that, you know, you're talking, do you have to go to two or three years? In any way you look at it, <clears throat> it's probably going to be uncomfortable for the Cardinals to yeah. go or any organization to go to three, maybe four years. I doubt four, but probably three. And I think that a lot of teams don't want to do that when you talk about left-handed relievers. I would assume that was probably the same way when they signed um, – uh, the lefty uh, two years ago. Um, Cecil? Yeah, Brett Cecil. I mean, you're looking at you have to sometimes go the extra year. Maybe uncomfortable, but you have to do it because that's the way it goes, and that's playing poker. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. um, then it becomes a question of money. And, you know, to Boris's credit, he, he is right. I mean, there's a lot of money out there in the game of baseball. It's just a, a matter of how you want to allocate the sources. The uh, the thought process now, though, and you said it earlier, I saw Mike Claiborne, who's out there with Chris Raby, who was our guest yesterday, uh, sign multiple relievers. I mean, if you're really going to do this, don't – if that's one spot, don't cut there. Uh, I think, And I think if you did say to people, um, I think a lot of people would be excited about the bullpen thing, even though when you look at those names, those aren't the guys that usually get people to come in. They do – that's just the way the game has changed. And yeah. So many people look at the Royals <clears> – <throat> 
of 2015. I go back even further. I go back. I actually think Cardinals have 11. Yes. Yeah. Minus Chris Carpenter's starts. Yes. Those were like two or three inning starts. After Jaime Garcia gave yes. up against the Phillies in game three, LaRusso's like, okay, screw this. Minus Carpenter. When these guys run into trouble, I'm pulling him and I'm going to the bullpen. Zipchinski, Dotel, yep. and yep. the rest of that crew. It, it began, I think that that model began with the 2011 well, Cardinals. We've never talked about this, but I agree with you 100%. Um, but no one really talks about it. Yeah. Everybody talked about, about the it. About the 15 Royals. That's right. Wade Davis, Holland. Herrera. Yeah, that, because they were lights-out type guys. I mean, they, they, they could have been closers in 7, 8, and 9. And I'm not saying that in 11 you couldn't have had three different closers. You might have had them. You know, Salas was the guy that was closing games out. He had he actually led the team in saves yeah, that year. How random is that? And then Mott emerged at the end of the year. So you had multiple arms down there. But in my opinion, the model was the 2011 Cardinals. You shortened yeah. up games and went to your bullpen and mixed and matched. And Lance Lynn emerged as a guy that was throwing 98 out of the bullpen that year, which people forget. And then the following year became an all-star starter. Yeah. So, <clears throat> to me, the motto was the 2011 Cardinals first, and then some of the other teams sprinkled it in. But to me, the first team that did it was the 11 Cardinals, and it worked. I love that, because that, that, I really do believe that's where it started. But like you said, everybody thinks about the 15 Royals. Hey, we're in the Design Air Heating and Cooling Studios. That's where we broadcast this show from all week long, all week being through tomorrow, of the winter meetings presented by Budweiser, Design Air Heating and Cooling, the sponsor of the studios, Seth Goldcamp and his family, they go back to 1904. And when it is freezing in St. Louis, you want to make sure that furnace is ready. Get your furnace inspected. Go to designairservice.com. They are the number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com, the website. We are very grateful for their support of this program. It allows us to do it, and we're thrilled that more and more people are getting on board with it. If you miss the Facebook Live or the Twitter Periscope, you can go back and watch it whenever or you can listen to it on our podcast. I have the Tim McKernan Show on Inside STL. Dan has Scoops with Danny Mac on Scoops with DannyMac.com. And, of course, you can subscribe to that as well on iTunes or wherever you may podcast. So if you miss the show, it's there for you. Uh, you can treat it like a radio show as you're driving around town. If you miss it, it's, it's, it's uh, Winter Meetings coverage presented by um, Budweiser. So here we are. I mean, a lot of teams, as you know, they're going to be on planes yeah. at this time tomorrow. Right. What do you think is going to happen between now? Is this just going to way that it's going to be? It's going to be like, what is the biggest news? I was asking uh, Doug Vaughn that this morning on the radio show, and he goes, I guess McCutcheon. I mean, yeah, I was thinking that too. Tulowitzki. Yeah, the fact that released. was kind of a random one. Yeah. Um, in fact, he didn't play last year. He's owed so much money and um, a trade for both teams that never panned out. You know, Ray, Jose Reyes was part of that deal, and yeah. he eventually goes to the Mets and essentially was done. Chilowitzki never played last year. Now you're walking away from all that money. McCutcheon gets $50 million, um, but yet the big guys didn't sign, at least as of right now. Right. Um, but I still think tonight, you know, as the deadline gets closer to teams leaving, um, you'll see some of those dominoes fall. You have the Rule 5. As it pertains to the Cardinals, I think we're going to see some guys plucked from the Cardinals that were not protected in the Rule 5. Who are you thinking? Um there's some guy, you know, they, they protected a couple of guys that they needed to protect. Um, but there's some guys that they traded uh, last year in the FAM deal, in the, the Piscotti deal that you heard that were names that were not protected. They could be scooped up. Okay. Those are guys that um, they probably don't want to lose. It will. They will lose. The Cardinals will not probably draft anybody in the Rule 5 because, remember, if you draft them, you got to keep them. They're on your 25-man roster all year. That will not happen. 
Um, but yet the Cardinals could lose some talent the other way. Um, so that's kind of disappointing in that regard. But again, from the Cardinals' perspective, those lefties in the bullpen and you know the the Jose Martinez thing. Yep. I'll keep a watchful eye on that. Um, but then you know it's quiet. Yeah, it's quiet. And it's a it's a surprise. Not necessarily. I didn't necessarily think Harper and Machado would go this week. Uh, but yeah, I just I mean everybody's talking about it. the reporters are out there just really surprised by it and actually blaming the cell service. Uh, really? At the Delano portion of Mandalay Bay. There are two towers out there, and they say the cell service is really bad. It, really? Uh, yes. I, I did not hear that. Yeah, these are, these are the kind of weird things that I uh, see pop up on Twitter. Who knows? I have no idea. But I'm sure people are like, what in the world? Like, there's been almost no. I mean, there's been Nathan Ivaldi, which I yeah. think was done before the thing even started, and they just had the press conference out there. Uh, you had Joe Madden saying he's mad at the Diamondbacks for trading, right. <laughs> yeah, trading right. the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, you have Mike Schilt talking about the Cardinals signing a 26-year-old Las Vegas native, which I like. And then you also have uh, McCutcheon. But, I mean, my God, uh, as far as you know activity what? at this moment, take the under, you would be hitting at this moment. Uh, I, to me, the news coming out maybe of the dinner tonight with Fowler and... And the Cardinal executives at his home. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, something will come out of that. You know, they'll say maybe where he's at mentally, physically, how are the knees, how's the feet, you know. I think that's of interest because if that's your opening day right fielder people are going to want to know he's right now he is the story i think in st louis outside of goldschmidt yeah you know oh he is absolutely i mean if Um, you're if you're looking to get people to click on articles fowler and harper are the things that go and i saw something that your uh your regular guest on uh fridays with ben fred on scoops with danny mack he tweeted, and I guess he said this on KTRS last night, and I thought it was great, and I'm paraphrasing what he said. He goes, I think people in Chicago and Milwaukee are more upset about the Cardinals getting Goldschmidt than people in St. Louis are excited about getting Goldschmidt. Yeah. In other words, the lust for Harper has kind of dissipated the excitement for getting one of the three or maybe two best hitters yes. in the National League. You know? I, I- been thinking about this too if the cardinals don't get harper and let's just say they were willing to go to 300 million would fans be okay if that 300 million is dedicated to splitting it between goldschmidt and ozuna because i think ozuna is going to have a monster year and i think fans want to see goldschmidt come back yeah and i think it's going to take roughly 150 maybe for both what do you think five years 150 is that what you're thinking yeah 25 be? per yeah 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 that would uh let's see 25 yeah 25. no you gotta be more than that so you're 30 yeah, twenty-five to thirty on those. I, 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 I on the Ozuna thing. I just Ozuna's I want to see have a monster. Oh, I think he's gonna have a huge year this year. I just don't know if yeah. he's a long-term uh, player the Cardinals are looking at. I don't know. When can we expect Nolan Gorman to make an appearance with the Cardinals this year? Possibly third baseman of the future. You're shaking your head on that. No, I don't think this year. Yeah, this year would be really quick. Development. Um, hear a lot uh, about him. I think in spring. Hear a lot about him throughout the year. Uh, this time next year, you're starting to hear more and more about him and maybe a call-up year and a half, Have two you years. seen him at all? Just video. Yeah. Uh, heard a lot about him. Yeah. I mean, oh, among yeah. those that, that see him in the Cardinal system that, you know, travel in the minor leagues, um, oh, yeah, they yeah. like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I asked you this last week, and if I'm not mistaken, you said you, you think Harper Nationals. Um, I still think Machado right. Phillies, and then that's what I wanted to ask. I said, has anything? I mean, I don't know what would have changed over the last seventy-two no. hours, but are you still Machado Phillies Harper Nationals? Yeah, yeah, 
I Good. Am. I like that. You're yeah. kind of like, I, I feel like you're answering the question by saying, you know, I said it and I'm going to stand by yeah. it, even though I'm not necessarily sure that that's what I, I, I have no idea. Right now, I'm just throwing, throwing darts when and I'm, the reason when I'm I trying say, to guess. I just think, you know, again, you draft a guy, you develop him, and I would think out of respect to the team that did that and paid you a lot of money, the, that they have invested in him. They understand what he means to the franchise. Right. And that uh, Boris and Harper would say, hey, we have this deal on the table. Can you match it or go a little bit better? We would come back to you. Um, and I think the Phillies, because their ownership has come out and said, we're willing to they spend a lot. Crazy money. That if they miss out on Harper, um, that they'd say, we got to get Machado. And that would be the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're in a big market. They've got a big TV contract. Bring people to the ballpark. That's the guy to build around. What do you think? I don't even know if you saw this. Uh, Kapler saying he is going to hold players accountable in the media this year. I was thinking, I'm like, in Philadelphia, they'll love it. But as far as actually managing people, I don't care what business you're in, baseball or otherwise, if you start airing dirty laundry in public, that's, that's the quickest good. way to break trust. Yeah. I mean, and he's like, well, yeah, we're going like to do it. And then Andy uh, McPhail's like, yeah, we support Gabe in this. And we're, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll watch the Phillies press conference. Well, but I think the reason God, why is because he went over the top. And I don't want to speak – you know, for their organization or anything. But, I mean, I was hearing – I heard some of the press conferences when we were there, and he would go over the top in protecting players. Yeah. And in that So market, now he's going to overcorrect? Yeah, which I, does not play. Maybe just come back and say, you know, maybe even it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, in that market – it was a tough media market, as you know. I mean, it's oh, – it, it, they expect you to be blunt. and Yeah, and, and you it know, is the, the world there. It's Boston and Philadelphia. You can say New York, deal. but in New York you got a whole bunch right. going on. So, yeah, I wonder – I mean – you, you have I just would advise not that uh, the billionaires who own these things I would just say you would never as an owner want to say we're going to go out and spend crazy money this year Probably if you not. don't know you can't because now you've set a bar right and if you can't deliver one of those guys and it takes two to tango what if Manny Machado and Bryce Harper do not want to live in Philadelphia what are you going to do well it, and Mo then now as a manager you don't want to say I'm going to hold players accountable and now the media there is expecting him to now hold players accountable in the post game well I think Mo does a great job in and one of the things he does and tries never to do Maybe, maybe I just did it, but he's speaking absolutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you never want to back in yourself in a corner. You know, Tim, are you, are you going to do this tomorrow? Yes. Well, my kid got sick. I can't do it. My answer is, that's the plan. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Try. Yeah. You know. I've been interviewed by Dan Caesar. You've been interviewed by Dan <laughs> yeah, Caesar. Right. We, know how to, we know how to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, and I get it. And so he said, and when he did the thing with you, at uh, me and you at the improv shop, and he said, and I kind of want to correct something I said about the face of the franchise right. thing. He goes, I look back on that, and I feel like I kind of misspoke. Yadier Molina is the face of the franchise. You know, there's no question about it. But as we go forward, you know, right. who is our face of the franchise? And then the low-hanging fruit, which he said like six years ago, still. Oh, yeah. Still hangs <laughs> that around. Still yeah. Is, that's, yeah. That still hangs around. Uh, anything else? Uh, looks like people are just having conversations in the Triad Bank. It's good. People are, Today, people are getting along it's fine. in the Triad Bank. Uh, viewer line. Thank you to Mattress Direct for being our presenting sponsor. Uh, thank you to Budweiser for their sponsorship of the winter meetings. Triad Bank for sponsoring our viewer line and Design Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring our studios. And Ben Fredrickson for being kind yeah, enough to join us great. from the Scott Boris uh, press conference today. Will there be news with the Cardinals to discuss tomorrow? We shall see. Tomorrow is the final day of the winter meetings, and Budweiser is presenting our coverage here on the Hot Stove Show presented by Mattress Direct for all of the fine producers on the program, Pete Eichels, Nick Yale, and Joe Roderick, and, of course, Patrick Donnelly. And, of course, for Dan McLaughlin, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Hot Stove Show presented by 
Mattress Direct, this winter meetings coverage presented by Budweiser.